Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Well, we got drums. For rhythm. Establish it to beat. Tell all the musicians, this is when we come in. If I want to change the beat, I've got to change the drummer. Because if the, drum, if the drummer doesn't change his beat, I don't care who's on the beat, I, I probably will drag you down to the gates of hell. One raggedy drummer will kill the entire choir because the drum sets the pulse, and the pulse is the rhythm. And the organ and the saxophone and the soloist and the choir are at the mercy of the drummer because the drummer gives me the beat and the drummer is the pulse and the pulse is the rhythm. Have you been living your life without a drum beat? Just doing what you want to do when you want to do it. I don't know when I'm going to go. I'm going to go when I feel like it. I'm going to come back when I get ready. You're playing without rhythm, and you're losing the chance to be great. Because you have no pulse. Nobody can fly with you because they can't count on you to move the thing forward on the beach. You know the song. You know the words. You got the voice. You got the right look. Nice hair. Beautiful dress. Bad rhythm. So you can sing at Sister Nene's church But you can't produce a CD because your greatness does not fit into the context of other people's greatness. And the fact that you can't fit into the rhythm of other people's greatness has diminished the possibilities of you accomplishing your destiny. Everything great has a rhythm. Arts have a rhythm. Staff has a rhythm. Orchestra has a rhythm. Choir has a rhythm. Life has a rhythm. Days have a rhythm. Nights have a rhythm. The body has a rhythm. A, a body has a rhythm. A woman has a rhythm. We call it a cycle. Everything has a rhythm. A rhythm. A rhythm. Life is controlled by rhythm. And you're off beat. And if you are off beat, you are delayed. Because you won't have the discipline. The discipline of rhythm. This is your year to pick up the pace. God Almighty, pick up the pace. To get the rhythm of champions 
to get the rhythm of champions. To get the rhythm of champions. You can't just watch TV and be a great preacher. You got to get the rhythm of champions. If you do what they do, you can get what they got. Success has a rhythm. Life has a rhythm. God has a rhythm. The world has a rhythm. The drummers give me a rhythm. We got a rhythm. He took the rhythm from the moving of my body. And as he sets the rhythm, I'm holding to the rhythm. Somebody jump on the instrument and give me more. Here's the rhythm. Why is that? 
mountain has fallen? Why? What's wrong with you? If thou doest not well, will I not receive you? God is saying to Cain, if you do what Abel did, you can get what Abel got. You don't have to kill Abel trying to get up. I would bless you like I bless Abel, but you're not willing to make the sacrifice Abel made so you can't get the success that Abel got. Stop being somebody's hater. You're wasting your energy in the wrong direction. Stop blaming people for stuff that you won't fix. Because people never consider critiquing themselves, they lose things that God sent them because they refuse to change. You could change. It would be cheaper to change. It would be cheaper to change. It would be easier to change. You'd be happier to change. Well, it's not me. I gotta be me. You gotta learn a new you. Stop defining yourself by who you used to be. Listen to how you talk to yourself. You have convinced yourself that the old you is all you got to work with. The devil is alive. You can go in the phone booth and turn into Superman. We're moving. We're migrating. This day is about movement. We're migrating. We're migrating. Tell somebody, we're migrating. We're migrating. Yeah, we're, we're being delivered. We're migrating. When the birds get ready, when the geese get ready to fly into new, lo- new locations, they don't do it alone. They, they fly in a flock. They fly in a formation. Look at that. They fly like that. Now, when they fly in formation, in structure, in order, without competing with each other, they complement each other. And I'm going to give you a couple of things that happen when they do that. They, the, the one that's up front has, has the biggest job. Because he breaks the wind first. So that the next one, the wind is broken by the flapping of the other one's wings. And it passes all the way down the line until they are lifted by the flapping of the wings of the bird in front of them. I am lifted by the flapping of the birds in front of me. If my parents hadn't flapped, it wouldn't be that I couldn't fly, but I couldn't fly as fast and as fierce. But I'm flapping. I'm flapping because because I'm catching their wind beneath my wings. So I'm lifted. By who was in front of me. And I'm lifted by who is beside me. And I'm lifted by my ability to be great in the midst of other greatness makes me greater. Gives me lifts. The stats say that the birds fly in formation, reduces their energy level 
70%. It takes 70% less energy to fly if you stop doing it by yourself. Just by getting with somebody else who's going your way, you can fly higher and fly further if you can allow other people to be great around you and not lose your rhythm. Put it back up here and get your mouth. In order to fly with me and us to have the formation, you've got to have rhythm. Because your hardiness, your smoothness slows down the formation, hinders the rhythm, and stops the blessing. So I want you to get that. I want you to understand it is easier when you don't do it in isolation. I want you to understand that Jesus sent them out by two by twos. He put them in groups of 70. He put them in groups of 12. He never sent them out one by one because you are better together. And in order to be together, you've got to have my pulse. You've got to have my rhythm. So you might want to study me before you jump in. Because if you're going to jump in, success is predicated on rhythm. You have let people who are not taking flight set the pace for your life. You let the past dictate the future. Who you were is controlling who you are. You've got good intentions, but you've got a bad drummer. I'm the only person that preaches like this. It don't make no sense if you don't understand my rhythm. Because I thought you were talking about birds, now you're talking about drums, now you're talking about business, now you're talking about the Bible, but it's all got a rhythm. See, I didn't learn this in school. I learned this from God. It all has a rhythm. My preaching has a rhythm. My thinking has a rhythm. My prayer life has a rhythm. My decisions have a rhythm. My friends have a rhythm. My associates have a rhythm. I don't have time to be tied up with somebody who won't keep the rhythm. You'll slow me down. You'll break the flight. You'll change the momentum. There's a rhythm. Anybody catching what I'm saying? I believe that this is your year. I believe that this is your season. And in order to do it right, you got to understand the power of the flock. You got to get in the rhythm of people. You got to break rhythm with people that ain't taking you nowhere. You see the change. You know where you want to go. You know what you want to be. You know what you want to do. You cannot allow your loyalty to your old friends to slow down your new rhythm. Take the risk of their criticism to have a change of your direction. The other thing the birds teach us that when one of them falls and he falls out of the flock and he goes down, he gets damaged, then two or three of them will soar down and protect him until he recovers and then they bring him back up so he can continue his flight. You don't have to lose people you love if they had the rhythm and they lost it. Stop shooting the wounded. Go get them. Go get them. That's somebody's word. I don't know who it is. Go get them. Somebody say, go get them. God said, I'm going to preserve you. 
God said, I will deliver you. God said, I will protect you. As birds fly, I will preserve you. The only reason you're getting tired and old and weak is because you're dragging people who don't have the rhythm. Get in the rhythm of champions. Get in the rhythm of leaders. Get in the rhythm of people that are overcomers. Get in the rhythm. Something is about to happen. I don't know why God's got me teaching down this line, but something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. I don't know who it is. It might only be three people in this room, but somebody is about to take flight. Clear the runway. Start the engine. Buckle your seatbelts. Hallelujah to God. We're about to take off into flight. What? Somebody said that man is talking about me.
We have to get the gospel without discrimination to everybody, to the men, to the women, to the kids. What Megafest does is it connects us in our shared humanity, right. and we get to worship together. There's so much that we can glean from one another from generation to generation. Real people, true people, just tell them like it is. And just we get together. This is the it is not enough that he calls you. Hear it. But you got to do the covenant. It's never not answer. To be able to enter into a dimension that you couldn't enter into otherwise. That experience of fullness, of coming into your calling. I'm going to set you in the next dimension so that you can flow into your destiny rather than to sweat in your history. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Bishop Jake's crucial message coming into your calling on TV. You will receive Coming Into Your Calling on CD and the extraordinary Six Message Destiny series on DVD. I'm not looking for Jesus, I can carry. I'm looking for Jesus is $110 or more, we will add Bishop Jake's best-selling book, Destiny, and Crucial Study Guide. Coming into your calling is greater than you can imagine. With the sound of the leaves, as the chains broke off of my life, I've been born into adversity. Difficulty was nothing new to me. My burden it's like surrender. It's surrender to the sound of the voice crying out. Coming. Now I know. Yes, you. Like most of us women in today's society have been ostracized by obstacles, distracted by disappointment, and limited by labels. But listen, look at the sound. As you link with other women, all being empowered towards their purpose, redefining their rubbish, discovering their destinies, and pursuing their passions simply by surrendering to the same voice that cries out to me. It is the sound of the free woman. Now I'm <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Podcast. The unproven, the unknown. Hey, 
indignation be impacted eternally because, Father, we heard from you here. Philippi in his 50s. Here he had written several other books, planted other churches. He's sitting in prison in Rome, waiting for his sentence, and yet he still believes God's not finished. God's not finished. God's not finished. It takes humility to keep that hunger on the inside. Hi, I'm Paul. Almost 10 years ago, my dad, my hero, my pastor passed away unexpectedly. He built a big church and left some pretty large shoes to fill. When he died, I didn't just lose my dad. I lost my faith. I lost my purpose and my future. But God showed up and restored my faith. And he gave me a message of hope to share with you. You're here on purpose. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are right in front of you. And you have victory in your life because Jesus lives in you. Paul the Apostle was someone who just believed that everybody's best days were still in front of them. Paul the Apostle was a man who believed with this deep conviction, God's not finished with me yet. He's not finished with my church yet. He's not finished with uh, my family yet. He's not finished with Israel yet. He's not finished with what God's called me to do. He's not done yet. And these were the words he spoke in Philippians 1. Verse 6, I am confident that God, who began the good work within you, will continue this work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So what Paul was saying is, God's not finished until Jesus comes back. Now, he's not talking about what Jesus did on the cross. That's the finished work of Jesus Christ. What Paul's talking about is the work that he's doing in you and me. That if there's breath in our lungs, he's not finished with us yet. No matter how old you are, no matter how bad you've missed it, no matter how bad things look, don't worry, God's not finished yet. If you haven't seen the breakthrough, God's not finished yet. If you haven't seen the miracle, if things haven't turned around for the good, don't worry, God's not finished. I love the message version. He says, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish to the very day that Christ Jesus appears. See, God's not setting us up to leave us halfway finished. He's not setting us up to not finish what he started. No, he wants to bring us to a flourishing finish, which means that our best days are right in front of us. I want to challenge you today, those that are 65 and older, God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are still in front of you. Don't think that God's just going to use some young person now. God wants to use all generations, all ranges, and no matter how bad you've missed it. Some of us in this room, maybe we've had failed businesses, failed marriages. Maybe we've made some bad mistakes, and we think to ourselves, God's done with me. God can't use me. He's not going to use me in ministry again. He's not going to give me another business. I declare bankruptcy. I'm never going to become a millionaire. You need to stop accepting those self-limiting beliefs, those self-limiting lies, those God-limiting lies. We serve a God who's never finished when there's breath in our lungs. God can turn things around. He can get you on the right track. When we're younger, it's easier for us to accept that truth. God's not finished with me yet. 
But the older we get, sometimes we get stale. We get comfortable and complacent. And we start to think, well, maybe this is just the way that I am. Maybe I'm stuck with this bad habit. Maybe I'll never change. Maybe this is as good as it gets. But we've got to continue to raise the lid, raise the roof, and believe that God's still working in me. God's still working on me. I think in order for us to accept this, this statement today, God's not finished, it takes really three qualities in your heart. The first quality is humility. Humility. Humility says, God, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not staying comfortable with how things are. I'm going to keep letting you work on the inside of me. This past year, I invited one of my mentors, a man that I really look up to, to our church to come and speak. His name is Pastor Chris Hodges. And he has a great church in Alabama. 40,000 people every Sunday come to his church. He's got 42,000 people in connect groups. They've sent out hundreds of missionaries. They've planted hundreds of churches with their network of churches. And so I was really excited he was coming. And the only weekend he could come was Memorial Day weekend. And I was thinking he was going to come and speak to, at our Bible college graduation, but there was a miscommunication, and that happened earlier. And that weekend, our attendance was a little lower. Our lights weren't working all together. Our sound wasn't working that great. And I leaned over to him. I was so embarrassed because I really wanted to impress him. And I said, Pastor Chris, it's usually, usually the sound is working better than this. Usually there's more people here, I promise. You know, I really wanted to get his affirmation. My insecurity was at an all-time high. I was just trying to make all these excuses, and he looked at me and he said, Paul, I'm not here to be impressed by you. I'm not here to be impressed by you. He said, I just have one question for you, though. Here's my question. Do you want to get better? And I thought about it. I said, yeah, of course. Of course I want to get better. Then he asked the second question. He said, do you think you can get better? And I said, yeah, I think I can get better. He said, and in my eyes, you're succeeding. Because success is not about impressing other people with how many people come to your church. Success is not how much money you make, how many clients you have, what kind of car you drive, what house you live in. Success is that you always stay humble and you're ready to keep on growing. Because the second you accept that you can't grow anymore, you're no longer succeeding. You're just maintaining. Success is keeping that humility, that hunger, to say, Lord, I want to get better. My question for you today is, do you want to get better? Anybody want to get better? Okay, half of you. How many want to get better as a man of God, a woman of God, a husband, a wife, a single, whatever season you're in? You want to get better. Now, it's not enough to just want to. How many believe you can get better? You think you can get better. You've got to get that inside your heart and your mind. It takes humility to admit I need to get better. I love what Paul the Apostle says in Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I've arrived or that I've achieved all of these things. No, no, I haven't gotten there yet. But one thing I know, I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm pressing on to what's ahead of me. God's called me to greater things in front of me. The past is great, but the future is greater. My best days are still in front of me. See, someone of humility, they can honor the past, but they don't camp out in the past. They don't live in the glory days. They don't live in the sense of, I've arrived, I've seen all there is to see, I've done all there is to do, God's done with me, he's done his greatest miracles. No, humility says, he's still working in me. Paul was writing this book to the church at Philippi in his 50s. Here he had written several other books, planted other churches, he's sitting in prison in Rome, waiting for his sentence, and yet he still believes God's not finished. God's not finished. God's not finished. It takes humility to keep that hunger on the inside of you. 
There's a book that one of my mentors recommended to me, and the book is called Living with the Seal. Living with the Seal. And it's a book by a guy named Jesse Eitzler. Jesse Eitzler was a rapper, and the rap career didn't really work out that well. So then he started becoming an entrepreneur, working in businesses. He started a business called Marquis Jet. It took off, and then he became the owner of the Atlanta Hawks, an NBA team. But he still wasn't contented. He still felt in his heart, there's more. And I need to keep growing. I want to keep getting better. I want to better myself as a husband, as a dad. I want to better myself. There's more potential on the inside of me. And so he signed himself up for a race. And the day that he was running this race, he met a SEAL, a Navy SEAL that was running beside him. And he began to talk to him about all the things that this Navy SEAL went through to become who he is today. So Jesse said, would you come and move into my house in Manhattan, New York? Would you live with my family for 31 days? Would you train me so I can become like a Navy SEAL? The SEAL, he laughed at him. He said, listen, I don't think you can handle what we went through. I mean, it's crazy. Jesse said, I want to. I want to get better. How many in this room want to get better? Early in the morning, they would wake up sometimes 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and run outside in one of the uh, coldest winters in December in New York City. He said, we would run through the snow. We would find lakes that were frozen over with ice, and the seal would make us break a hole in the ice and jump into the lake, then climb out sopping wet in our clothes and run through the snow to the point of hypothermia. He said, he almost killed me several times. He said, throughout the day, we would work out five, six times a day. Drop and give me 100. Drop and give me 200. He said, I was pushed to my limits. He said, I remember hearing the SEAL say, if you want to be pushed to your limits, you have to train to your limits. He said, my SEAL would skip meals throughout the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, day after day. He said, why do you skip meals? The SEAL would say, I like to go to sleep hungry, so I wake up hungry. Life is about living outside of your comfort zone. And he looked at Jesse and he told him this. I think this is very important. He said, when you think you're done, you're only at 40% of what your body can actually do. When you think you're done, you're only at 40% of what your body is really capable of doing. That's just the limit that we put on ourselves. And I think many of us in this room have accepted limits that God didn't put on us, we put on ourselves. We've accepted caps that other people have said over this, you can't do that, you're too young, you're too old, God's done with you, you messed up, you screwed up, you, you missed it, you'll never get out of this. We've got to break those limitations off. Because many of us have accepted that we can't, we won't. And because we won't, we'll never realize that we can. Some of us in this room, we're comfortable with not changing for another 10 years. We're not living like Jesus could come back tomorrow. We're living like Jesus may never come back in our lifetime. And so we are living with laziness, and we're living with fear, and we're living with complacency. How much do you want to change this year? Have you ever felt like there is more in store for you than what you're doing right now? Or have you ever wondered why the gifts and talents you possess were put inside you? There's good news. God created you without limitations. You were not born to stay where you are. You were born with possibilities. You were born to rise above. You were born for more. In Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More, you will discover how to break the limits of your environment, define how God views success, and multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. Born for More will give you the practical tools you need and the confidence to know that God's purpose for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. No matter what your past holds, 
You can be sure that God's purpose and promises guarantee that you were born for more. Discover your limitless life with Pastor Paul's new mini book, Born for More. Get your free copy today and I'll get to you by calling 1-800-760-2350 or visit us online at calldoherty.org. The second quality of your heart, characteristic that God's looking for, for you to accept that he's not finished, number two is confidence. Confidence. David said in Psalm 27, verse 13, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. It takes confidence to believe God's not finished with me yet. It takes confidence to believe God's still working. My best days are in front of me. See, David had been told by Samuel the prophet, one day you're going to be the king of Israel. But David had grown up in a family that didn't believe in him. He had a dad who left him out when it was time to bring all the sons into the house to be elected, which one would be the next king. The dad and the mom probably got together and said, it's going to be one of our older sons. I mean, David, he's, he's, like, a, he's like a worship leader. He's really weird. He's quirky. He's got lots of emotions. Just leave him out with the sheep out in the fields. His dad didn't really believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him. When David showed up to fight Goliath, his older brother said, get out of here. You're not a warrior. You're so arrogant. We know why you're here. Just go back home. Just go feed those sheep. Then when he got in front of Saul and he told Saul, I want to fight this giant, Saul said, you're too small. You're going to have to wear my armor if you're going to make it. It took confidence in the Lord in order for David to fight the giant that was in front of him. If you're waiting for other people to feed your confidence, they're never going to be enough. You're going to have to find your confidence, your approval, your affirmation in the Lord your God. The Lord is the lifter of your head. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I think about another man in the Bible, Gideon. Gideon was a young guy who was weak. He came from a family that was weak. And God said, Gideon, I'm going to use you to defeat the enemies that are coming against Israel. And so Gideon said, God, I think you picked the wrong person. I mean, I'm the youngest in my family. I'm the weakest. And by the way, my family is like the weakest clan in the nation of Israel. And God said, no, I picked you and all your insecurities. I'm so glad that God picks people that still have issues and insecurities. Otherwise, none of us would be allowed to be used by God. Gideon said, okay, God, but I need some help. I I mean, I can't fight this battle by myself. 32,000 people show up to surround Gideon. They say, we're with you. We're going to help you fight these enemies. And in Judges chapter 7, verse 2, God said, you got too many people with you. If you, if you have this many people, you're going to think you did it all by yourself. You're going to put your confidence in your flesh. You're going to put your confidence in your own strength. No, I want you to know that your confidence must be in the Lord, that it was the Lord that saved you from your enemies. So God said, tell the people that are afraid, in verse 3, tell the people that are afraid that they can leave and go back home. If you're afraid, you can go back home. 22,000 people left. Two-thirds of his army left. And even after that, God said, Gideon, you still have too many. You still have too many. God, I only have 10,000. We're going up against hundreds of thousands of people. God said, go tell those people. Tell all your men to go drink at the river. And the ones who drink with their hands like this, separate them from the ones who get down and just drink straight from the river with their mouth. He separated them, and there was only 300 men. God used these 300 men. He said, I'm going to use this, this ragtag group of 300 to take down hundreds of thousands of people that are coming against you. 
What was the point of it? God wanted Gideon to put his confidence in the Lord. I remember when I was getting ready to step up and pastor, I felt so insecure. Sometimes still do. I have to battle that, overcome that. But I was really counting on a few people that were around me that I had grown up with, families that I knew, and some close friends. And If I'm really honest, my confidence was in my dad for a long time. So when he was out of my life and he had gone on to heaven, I remember thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? I, I was really leaning on him. I know that God was using that situation to teach me how to lean completely on him, to put my confidence back in the Lord. Mark Twain said, in order for you to feel comfortable in your own skin, you're going to have to approve who you are. You can't be comfortable in your own skin without your own approval. You're going to have to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. You're going to have to start seeing yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made. Have confidence in what God has called you to do, the gifts that he's put on the inside of you. There's a man that I got to meet, and it was such an honor. I got to hear him speak live. And his name is Nick Bujicek. Nick has written five books, sold millions of copies, acted in two movies, traveled all over the world, spoken on every continent. He's now talked to almost a billion people of live audiences. But Nick was born with no arms and no legs. He said, I remember hearing the words of my pastor. I was in church week after week. If it wasn't for my faith in God, I don't know if I'd still be alive. I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. I thought, God's done with me. I'm trash. I'm useless. I'm worthless. What am I going to do with no arms and no legs? But he said, the pastor just kept saying, you're valuable. God's got a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that God has for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future. John 10, verse 10, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, I started accepting that maybe God had a plan for my life. I was listening to stories in the Bible like Joshua and Esther and Gideon. Maybe I've been born for such a time as this. He said, I started to look at what I did have instead of looking at what I didn't have. And I realized that I had a voice. And he said, I believe that maybe God could use my voice as a voice into this generation to speak hope, to speak value in the boys and girls. And so he said, I started calling public schools to see as a teenager if they would let me come and speak at their high school assemblies. He said, I called 52 schools and every single one of them rejected me. He said, some of the schools, they knew what I looked like, and they said, Nick, let me save you the embarrassment. Kids aren't going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. Sorry, we, we can't have you speak here. We just don't want you to feel embarrassed. He said, but I wasn't deterred by their rejections. In fact, I was even more encouraged. He said, by the 53rd phone call, finally someone said yes. A school said, Nick, we'll let you come and speak at our assembly, but we're five hours away from where you live. So if you're able to get here, we'll give you $50 to cover gas money. He said, I convinced my older brother to drive me that day to that school. $50 wasn't even enough to pay for the gas there and the gas back. But he said, I got up and spoke, and afterwards I just was, I felt so foolish. I thought to myself, there's, there's no career for me here. I, I can't speak. Nobody's going to listen to me. This school was only a few kids. He said it was one of the smallest schools and one of the smallest assemblies. He said, I went home the next week and I gave up on phone calls. I just was sitting in my house. But he said, one afternoon a school called and said, we heard about you speaking. 
then another school call, then another school call. Today, Nick gets 35,000 speaking invitations a year. People are asking him high demand. Today, Nick speaks to millions of people a year, filling up stadiums. Filling up stadiums. Today, Nick is married. He has his own son, biological son. He's living a great life. He's continued to write more books. But he said, it started when I began to put my confidence in the Lord. It started when I began to eliminate these lies and these self-defeating, limiting thoughts that I can't, that I'll never, I'm not good enough. I think some of us in this room, we have a lot more than Nick has. And yet we've accepted some pretty limited lies in our life. Limited beliefs. God can't use me. I'm all dried up. Missed missed my opportunity. And here's the third point I want to leave you with right now, and that is desire. God has given you the power to desire. To desire. It's a word that we don't talk about much in church, but it, it is a strength that God has given the human heart. Desire. Many of you will leave in about 20 minutes and you will go eat a bunch of food because you desire to eat. You are hungry. I'm stirring up your appetite. Sitting in church, you get ready to eat. Whatever we desire, we're going to go and get. That's what desire does. Desire drives us to go get what we want. That's God's strength in our lives, the power of desire. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who desire righteousness, who hunger and thirst, who have an appetite for it, for they will be satisfied. Whatever you have an appetite for is you're going to go get. This year, I want to stir up your appetite to grow. I want to stir up your appetite to get better. I want to stir up your appetite to desire more that God wants to do in and through your life. Some of us in this room, we're comfortable with not changing for another 10 years. We're not living like Jesus could come back tomorrow. We're living like Jesus may never come back in our lifetime. And so we are living with laziness, and we're living with fear, and we're living with complacency. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to succeed this year? How bad do you want to obey God? How much do you want to change this year? You will get what you desire. But your desire to change has to be greater than your desire to stay in your comfort zone. Your desire to get better has to be greater than your desire to maintain. Your desire to multiply and to grow has to be greater than your desire to stay in complacency. Some of us are comfortable in our couch, comfortable in our bed, lifting the sheets over our eyes. I don't want to get out of bed. Opportunity is waiting for those that get out of bed. Growth is waiting for the men in this room that say, I'm going to sign up for a discipleship class this year at Victory. Growth is waiting for the man who's been struggling with addictions for years and years. Breakthrough is on the way. God's going to bring you to a flourishing finish, but you've got to desire it. You've got to desire it. If you want to see it in your lifetime, you've got to get it in your heart. This is what I'm believing for. I think about the woman who pressed through the crowd, who wanted to see Jesus do a miracle for her. She didn't wait for Jesus to come to her. No, she started pressing through. If I can touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I can be healed. Her desire caused her to press in. See, your desire causes you to lean in, to press in. I want to grow. I want to get better. I want to finish strong. I want to rise up. I don't want to live in complacency. How bad do you want it this year? 
Henry Ford, he built his first car model inside an old shop behind the house that he rented. He called it the Quadricycle. It was made of bike parts and a combustion engine. The only problem was he made it too big for it to fit through the front door of the shop. He didn't know how he was going to get it out. What did he do? He busted down the walls. He said, I desired more to get what was inside of me out for the world to see than to hold on to the shop that I had been working in for a long time. Think about that. Just let that sink in for a second. We're comfortable with our bad habits. We're comfortable with complacency. This is a year to get uncomfortable with being comfortable. This is a year for you to grow, for you to believe that God's not finished with me yet. God's not finished with me yet. Hey, God is not finished with you yet. No matter what things look like in your life, good or bad, whether you're succeeding or whether you feel like you've failed, God's not done. And if God's in it, there is no limit to what he can do in you, for you, and through you. I've seen it in my life where God shows up in miraculous ways. Moments in my life where I felt like he's done with me. He's done with our ministry. He's done with my family. And yet God continues that still small voice just to say, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I love what Paul the Apostle said in Philippians 1.6. He who started this work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day Jesus Christ returns. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I need that constant reminder that God's still working in me. Christ hasn't returned yet. He hasn't, you know, I mean, the, 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 the second coming of Christ hasn't happened yet, which means God's still working in my life, in your life, in this world. He hasn't left the throne room. So put your trust back in God that he's not finished yet. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Say, Jesus, I trust you. I surrender to you. And I find my hope in you. God, I thank you that you're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with my life. So, Lord, I trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to tell you about a brand-new mini-book that I wrote that's really about this sermon, about this series on living your best days yet, and it's called Born for More. God has created you for so much more than what you've seen so far. There's more that God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. And this little mini-book we're going to send to you for free. That's right, free. So you've got to call the number at the bottom of the screen. Go to the website, pauldoherty.org, and we will send it to you for free. You can order it today. And the way we're able to do this is through generous supporters, many of you out there that help support this ministry. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for sowing into this ministry so we can reach people with God's love. And we love you so much. We're praying for you, and your best days are right in front of you. Do you ever feel like there is more in store for you than what you're doing right now? Or if you've ever wondered why the gifts and talents you possess were put inside you, there's good news. God created you without limitations. You were not born to stay where you are. You were born with possibilities. You were born to rise above. You were born for more. In Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More, you will discover how to break the limits of your environment, define how God views success, and multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. Born for More will give you the practical tools you need and the confidence to know that God's purpose for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. No matter what your past holds, you can be sure that God's purpose and promises guarantee that you were born for more. Discover your limitless life with Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More. 
Get your free copy today and our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online at callsoverty.org. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. Now this I say and testify in the Lord 
that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And it's unbelievable how many references there are to the mind here, to thinking. The Gentiles walk, see it there, in the futility of their minds. That's the big problem. Just that foolish, foolish thinking. What are, you, what are you doing Friday night? I'm going to go out and party again. What are you going to do that for? Because that's what I always do. And what happens when you do that? I, I make bad friends, and I do stupid stuff, and I feel miserable afterwards. Right, so why are you doing that again? It's what I always do. Right, that's futility. Futility. Someone has said futility is doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result. And that's what's going on. There's just no, I don't have a way around this. You got drunk at last year's Christmas party. It's what I always do. But not if you're following Christ. They're darkened to their understanding. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Notice the strongholds here. Due to the hardness of their heart, they become callous. They've given themselves up to sensuality, greedy practice of every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him. Have you heard about him? Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard how awesome Jesus is? Have you heard that God loves us and sent his son? Have you heard that he died as an atoning sacrifice for your sin so that you can be completely forgiven and receive the free gift of eternal life? Say, what? You can Right? That's called the good news. That's the gospel. You don't have to live under the weight of the consequences of futile, darkened thinking. You can be set free from all of that and step into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of Jesus through faith in him. Praise God for every person who's made that decision in our church this year. If you haven't made it, you can make it today. That's not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. I mean, there's still that temptation, but we put that off. That belongs to the former manner of life. It's corrupt. The desires themselves are deceitful. Verse 23, here it is, can be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay? Thinking differently and renewing your mind is the same thing. Which brings this question, and how do I renew my mind? And the answer to that is I'm going to give you three things. And these are things now to do. And this is the process of thinking differently. When you fail in the process, return to the crisis. This is the process now of thinking differently. So if you're in any way serious about anything other than just getting yourself in a seat for church, this is the part now that you want to tune into massively. Because this is the how-to of thinking differently. Renewing your mind and thinking differently is the same thing. So if you got any evidence for that, okay, just one. And I know you don't sound dumb like that. I just like making fun voices. If you got any evidence for that, I do. Romans 12 says, do you know Romans 12? Have you committed that to memory? That I beg or beseech you, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable. It's reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. Don't think like your sister. You're following Jesus. Not to think like your dad anymore. You have a heavenly father. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How does that happen? 
by the renewing of your mind. This is it. We're on the center of the bullseye. If you threw a dart and hit the bullseye of how to change, I threw a dart after you, split your dart down the middle, and my dart hit renewing your mind. That's the bullseye of how you think differently. So, how do you renew your mind? And number one from Matthew 4, I'm not going to turn there, it's quite familiar. Um, protect, you've got to protect your mind. You've got to protect your mind. And you protect your mind with the Word of God. Matthew 4, 1 through 11 is the story of the temptation of Jesus. And he was 40 days in the wilderness, fasting and praying before his ministry, and just when he's on the way out, it's always when we're weakest, right? And, and Satan confronts him and lays down. He's so hungry, so thirsty. And Satan confronts him and lays down this temptation. Y'all look hungry there, bro. Why don't you command these stones get made into bread? Now, Jesus could have answered this a lot of different ways. But he answered from the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He wrote the Word of God. But amazingly, he answers from the Word of God. And he says these great words. He says, it is written. He had it. Of course he had it. He authored it. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, when the, New, when the New Testament says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you, that doesn't mean, okay, oh, come on. That's not what it means. The power to resist the enemy, the power to protect your thinking, is the power of the Word of God. That's why those two girls who came up here today and quoted the Word that you've heard many times but have not even committed to memory, the vast majority of you, have significantly disadvantaged yourself. Let's just tell those two girls again how amazing we think that was that they did that. And do you know how many times... When, when, when faith or page are in the place of temptation or struggle, that the Spirit of God, now he has something to work with, and he's going to bring to their mind, take every thought captive to obey Christ. And they're going to say, that's right. And, 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 and I'm not going to fight with the flesh. They have it. They have something to fight with. Jesus had it. And so Satan came to him a second time and said, throw yourself down from this temple. And Jesus answered again, it is written... You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then Satan, third time, he says, um, come on up here, I'm going to show you from a high place the kingdoms of this world, and, and I'll give you all of this if you bow down and worship. Well, he was getting pretty desperate at this point because I can serve here Jesus' thinking. So let me just track with you here. You're going to give me everything I created, which is already mine, if I bow down and worship you, who I, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, everyone say pathetic. And all God's people said, it's pathetic, right? So, but again, Jesus said, and this is my point, it is written, worship the Lord your God, him only shall you serve. It's just interesting that Jesus, how many people would have been okay if Jesus said, I think I'm going to go off the board here for 500, I'm just going to write some new scripture. Could he do that if he wanted to? Tell me, could he? So why didn't he just... I mean, everything that he says is the word of God. Why didn't he just come up? Why didn't he quote the Bible? Because we're following in his steps. And while he is the author of Scripture, you and I are not. And he is teaching us how to protect our minds. It is written. It is written. It is written. 
Landon has a little band that he plays around with called Rhythms, and they took this little sampling of a different preacher and made this kind of cool thing. I'll just play a bit of it. I love that. Listen, I'm, listen to this. <laughs> I was blessed when I heard that. I was like, he's getting it. He's getting it. The power is in the word of God. Someone say amen. So you got to, how do you renew your mind? You've got to protect your mind. Then this, you have to, uh, you have to wash your mind. Still in Ephesians, now in Ephesians 5, the subject is husbands and wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. Jesus did that. Gave himself up for the church. Why did you do that, Jesus? That he might sanctify her. That means to make holy. In salvation, he declares us to be holy. And in sanctification, he's trying to make it so. How's that going? He gave himself up that he might sanctify her. I just feel I'm just not sanctified. I've just got so much issues having cleansed her by the washing of water, say it, well done, with the word, with the word, the, the word is the washing, and you may have heard some things, you may have looked at some things, you may have done some things, you may have some regrets, you, but Jacob didn't have a Bible, right? are, you, are you hearing this, right? Jacob didn't have a Bible, y'all, he didn't have what you have, and to whom much is given, much is required. Okay? And you can take the Word of God and saturate your, turn off that television and put down your silly hobby and don't do anything till this is done. Renew your mind with the Word of God. I would not be standing here if it was not for the sustaining power of the Word of God to write me and to reconcile me with reality and to renew my thinking. You've got to wash your mind. How many people have run a marathon and have never memorized a chapter in God's Word? How many people have built a successful business and have never memorized a song? Why does Bill lose his temper and yell at his wife? Think differently. 
This interactive study will teach you how to destroy the harmful thought patterns that lead to bad behavior. And for a gift of $85 or more, we'll also send you the entire Think Differently series on DVD. It's not about trying harder. It's about getting the right mindset that produces long-lasting transformation. This series will help you do just that, equipping you to approach life with the mind of Christ. Request this series today and see for yourself how better living starts with better thinking. Just call 800-545-6800 or go online to jamesmcdonald.tv. That begins with continuous exposure. This is fairly elementary, so I'm not going to ask you to write it down. Just memorize it on the spot. Ready? Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate upon it. And share it with others. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate upon it and share it with others. I started asking a couple of days ago, I started asking people, how many, if I called you up to the front of the church, and I'm not going to call anyone, but if I called you, how many verses could you quote right now from memory? And, and the words and the address, you've got to know where the verse lives, okay? Because the Word of God is living and active, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the word of God. The psalmist said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalm 19. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and altogether righteous. They are more to be desired than gold. Yeah, than much fine gold. They are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned by the word of God. And in keeping them, there is great reward. You're like, now you're on my subject. Reward, right. Reward from the Word of God. Psalm 84, 11, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from him who walks uprightly. And you cannot walk increasingly uprightly without the Word of God renewing your mind. You got any more on, on rewards? Okay. Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Why can't I get no traction in my family? Why can't I get, seem to get ahead in my career? Why can't I get these temptations in the rearview mirror once and for all? Because... You're not having good success because the great sin of your life is not that temptation as you see it. The great sin of your life is your neglect of the Word of God. And all the things you do while that Bible sits on the shelf and it is life to you. As newborn babes, First Peter 2, 2, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow by it. 
Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, he meditates day and night. How's that going for you? I'm awesome. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. I thought of Romans 11.33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways are past finding out. You're like, James, I can remember the last time I heard a sermon challenging me to make this the primary discipline of my life. How many people have run a marathon and have never memorized a chapter in God's Word? How many people have built a successful business and have never memorized a psalm? It's these three things. If you want to deepen your commitment to God's Word, it's these three things. Number one, discipline. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. You've got to do it like work, like getting on the treadmill, like... um, you, you understand discipline. You understand making yourself do something. I'm just here to tell you, the day when you wake up, if you've not done this, the day that you wake up and go, I know what I want. I want God's Word. You'll say, I want pancakes a hundred times before you'll wake up and say, I want God's Word. It will always be discipline at first. 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Get into God's Word every day. What's your record? What's your record? Do you have three days in a row? Do you have five? Do you have 25? Do you have 75? Because somewhere in that window of time, I can just tell you this is a long time ago for me, somewhere it moves from discipline, here it is, uh, to desire. Psalm one, the, the discipline, Psalm 119.32 says, I will run the way of your commandments, and you will enlarge my heart. But Psalm 119.97 is where it becomes desire. That verse says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And you will discipline, listen to me, man. You will discipline yourself to do it. And then it will become your desire. And you will be among us who say, I can't believe I ever lived without that. I'd rather not eat and starve my soul, and that's what I'm doing when I'm not in God's Word daily. And after a time of desire, not long, you'll experience Psalm 119.24, your testimonies are a delight to me. They are my counselors, my life verse, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. I was a 18-year-old kid trying to figure out what to do with my life, and the Word of God came alive to me. And my life verse is Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, which says, Your words were found to me, and I did eat them, and they became in me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
There's no thinking differently without what I'm talking about right now. So protect your mind, wash your mind, and finally, set your mind. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above. I like that picture of setting something. I wish I had a, uh, a nail. Oh, I do. I a lot of stuff in my pockets. So, you know, if you're building something, you, the, the key, I'm not, some, some, I mean, they can just drive the nail, just drive the nail. But i, I got to set the nail first. It's really, oh, it's just, my thumbs are at risk. And you, you, it's probably not my best play to hit it into the pulpit, but I'd get letters if I drove it into the table. I hope the point is made. A couple of strong cracks to set the nail. Okay, got set. Set your mind on things above. That's what you do in the morning when you get up and you got a day in front of you. you got a thousand decisions to make and you're feeling a ton of pressure. Set your mind. Get up, get into God's Word, and, and set your mind. All that we've studied and all about discovering my strongholds and repenting and the process and what to do when I fail and all of it will flow into awesome life transformation with your commitment to renew your mind. And like something very small thrown into a racing rapids, This will all fade extremely quickly if you don't renew your commitment to be in God's Word, renewing your mind every day. Let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your Word. Such a generous gift. So perfect in all that it asserts. So healthy and helpful and feeding. When I need comfort, it gives it. When I need hope, it gives it. When I need strength, it gives it. When I need wisdom, it gives it. Thank you, God, for your word. Forgive, forgive, please. Forgive our neglect of your word. Forgive my neglect of your word. And bring me, bring us, bring our church into a deeper season of digging into your word than we've ever known in our church before. And I'm asking, Lord, with deep gratitude that we're not running across some vast chasm. No one here is shocked to hear me say that we need to give greater attention to your word so that our minds can be renewed so that we can think differently. Thank you, God, that this has been somewhat of a priority in our church, but make it only more so for our sanctification, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Get the Conquering Your Strongholds kit today for proven practical teaching from God's Word. 
on this important subject. First, use the Discovering Strongholds booklet to identify the destructive thought and behavior patterns in your life. Then, watch a powerful message from Pastor James that walks you through the process of removing those patterns. Call 800-545-6800 or go online to jamesmcdonald.tv. You know, we love being able to minister to people through TV, but it's really a slice out of our life, you know, what we're doing. And they love this teaching in our church, and I think about the months that I was teaching this week after week, and your mom being with me every weekend and getting the messages ready and laboring over them. I was saying, oh, God, now it's been on the uh, broadcast here for a few weeks, and uh, God willing, God willing, yeah. uh, we love to say that. Um, but God willing, it's going to be a book, and uh, this won't be on television again. Mm-hmm. And we like to challenge people, don't we, at the end, just yeah. to share the message? Yeah. You know, we love hearing about people who God's impacted them through a series, and so they take that and they give that to someone in their life mm-hmm. who they know needs the teaching as well. And I'm sure you at home sitting there, um, as you've learned to think differently through this teaching of God's Word, you can think of someone that you work with mm-hmm. or someone in your family that you've been praying for them that they would think differently about things in their past or things that are going on in their heart. What an awesome opportunity for you to get this material into their hands. You know, I just love the idea that your mom's right here with us because, you know, she's always been the example uh, for us uh, doing the things that we talk about. And uh, she's been giving out the, the CDs to people, giving out the DVDs to people. I think of her friend Debbie up in Canada, and she gives them to her, and she gives them to others. She's giving them to everybody. She always says, I've got this person, I've got that person. Yeah, okay. people. That's yeah. Right. She's got an awesome, awesome opportunity to be a missionary, and uh, I'm blessed to be able to have these messages mm-hmm. and preach them. But if you've ever thought to yourself, you know, I'd love to get these messages out to somebody. I'd, I'd love to be part of it. You can be. And get the content and uh, pass it around and, and uh, help us get the word of God out into people's lives. That's awesome. Okay, close this program for us, Mom. And as always, stay in the scriptures. <laughs> Box, an exclusive monthly subscription. 
subscription delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off, free shipping in the U.S., and no hidden fees. A combination of worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotionals, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. Thank you. 
download the free Stingray Music mobile app.
I gotta have you, I gotta have you, I gotta have you, I gotta have you, oh Lord, I gotta have you.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. Oh. All right, company, we're going to set this one up. Y'all ready? Put your hands together. Come on. Ah. Think about your words. The power of life and death is in your words. Your words create your reality. Come on, y'all. Yo,
Stingray Music mobile app. Get this. 
I'm getting it all back. I want it all back. I'm getting it all back. I'm going to turn the air on, so close the window. Randy, go say she to go say, hey, what's up, Charles? Randy, go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say. Randy, go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say. Randy, go say she to go say she to go say she to go say. Daka ha. Yes, Lord. Yako Hosekara Rokomboske Shere Rokomboska Dardran Rokosedeke. Potroskere Rokosan Dishkere Rokosan Ran Rokosan Daka. Homboskere Rokosation 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 Rokosaka. Hoshere Rokosaka. Back <laughs> <laughs> Father God, we praise your name. Boskara Gosan Dishkara Gombaka. For Shadow Gosation, Boskara Kanda. You gotta go to the dentist today. Huh? You're supposed to be going to the dentist today. I am? Yeah, let me verify. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Happy, happy George George. Harald Dishkara Gosan Dishkara Gosan Dishkara Gombran Gosan 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 Paracosation <laughs> Pushkin of the 
Hombrashka Rikose, Hombrashka Rikosa, the Harande, Kokasa, Harande, Shakara, Harande, Shimboske Rikombo, Harande, Shandaska Rikosa, Harande, Karande Rikose, Harande, Karande Rikosa, Homboske Rikose, Shirikose, Shirikose, Rikose, well, I'm not surprised. You're the ghost, you know, from Ganda. Thank you. 
of water the prostration, the prostration of 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 the prostration the Good <laughs> Ramos, <laughs> 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 
We are your children. You are our God. Help us to rise up to do that which you want us to do, not to be shackled down, not to be caught up, but to break out, Father, to break out into the fullness of you. And so that what you desire us to do, not to be hindered or hampered, but to shut up our God and release that which is inside of us so he can begin to shut up or illuminate the way, Father. We give you the praise and the glory for all that you've done and that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. No, if anybody wants to say anything, it's not going to start on the list. All right. Morning, Father. I'm going to go say she'll 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 go Saga, <laughs>
Charles Grace, okay. Anybody else on the list? Rushka to go Buskin again, Rushka to go City, Bushka to go Session to go Session, Rushka to go Santa, Bushka to go Session 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 to go I the more family. Run the position of a session 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 of a Three problems. You don't see the position. Russia the position. The position. The position. Russia the position. 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 Russia, 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 Russia,
Rose and Rumble, Sean, Stephen, and David, 
Tony Brooks, Yenigo Dorigo says she goes Saragasaka. Girl Erica's church, you're gonna run to go say she goes to Shigo Saragasaka. Bobby Williams, run to go say she goes Saragasaka. Malcolm Bryce, run to go say she goes Saragasaka. And Richard, run to go and get a gun to go to Saragasaka. And everybody else on the list, Dorigo Mosca did go say she goes Saragasaka. They can't get the school program. Rondrigo says she goes, says she goes, says she goes, says she Illuminati, Yenigo says she goes, 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 says Marty Charles Jr. and myself, everybody else. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Deceased in hospice, you're going to run to go say she goes, say she goes, Sakra. Abuse and addiction, you're not going to boast that you're going to run to the Sakra. Unsaved, run to the Gosseshi, 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 Sakra. Taking shedding, you're going to run to the Gosseshi, Gosseshi, Sakra. Congregations in church, you're going to go say she goes, she goes, Sakra. Prisoners and missionaries, you're not going to run to the Gosseshi, 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 Sakra. Prayership to ministries and their families, you're not going to go say she goes, Sakra. Prison missionaries, congregation churches, pressure needs and families, unsaved, abuse, addiction, sick and shedding. Walking in the realm of supernatural, Randa Gosishi, 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 Gosaraga, Sakara. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and all Rambashkara Gosaraga, Sakara. Discernment, Hushkara Gosaraga, Gomboskara Gandrandaga, Sakara. Pieces of past is all understanding. The ability to persevere to the end. Supernatural superhuman strength ability gets and talents on the synergistic and increasing basis. You're not going to go to the position of the position of the Grace, mercy, and favor on the good of the Gosaragasaka. Stuana, you, Randu Gosishi Gosaragasaka. Stuana, mine, you, Randu Gosishi Gosaragasaka. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You, Randu Gosishi Gosaragasaka. That's all of the list. So
Feel me with you. I want each you. Show me your face. Feel Well, me, I will be. 
come through the space. My world needs you right My world needs you right An amazing. An amazing
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
I'm sorry. So you want to open us up in prayer before I start the reading? Sure. So Father, we come, we give you thanks and honor that only you deserve. Because it's only by your might and by your power that we are not consumed that you thank you, oh God, for this wonderful day. No matter, even though it's hot, even but it's sunny. The sun shining with your glory is our temples with your presence, oh God. Lord, help us to continue to rise up to be with the disciples and the children that you want us to be. Help us to continue to walk in the ways of righteousness that you have told us of in your word. Lord, we just thank you for this man of God that you have charged with this call, with this ministry, so that we can grow and develop our gifts, our knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as we go through this reading, oh God. We speak that no weapon of distraction shall come in and cause the conversation to be veered in the wrong direction. Help us to open our minds, our spirit, soul, and body to the knowledge that you want us to have and the wisdom that you want us to glean for our own individual purposes so that we can continue in the ministries and the calls that you have put us in our hearts. Guide us and keep us this day with our daily bread, oh God, and our measure of faith to keep us grounded, even though things are stressful and not 
exactly how we want them to be, but how you need us to be for us to be proven to be one of your women. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Spiritual work invariably flows with the current of the Holy Spirit, never reluctantly, never under compulsion, hence without need of fleshly strength. This does not imply, of course, that there is no opposition from the world or attack from the enemy. It simply means the work is done in the Lord with the consciousness of having his anointing. If God still requires the work, the believer will continue to sense himself flowing in the current, no matter how difficult his situation. <laughs> no matter how difficult his situation may be, the Holy Spirit aims at expressing spiritual life. Labor accomplished in him correspondingly develops life in the spirit. Unfortunately, many of God's servants frequently are pressed by environment or other factors into working mechanically. As soon as the individual is aware of it, he ought to inquire whether such work, whether such mechanical work is desired by the spirit or whether God will call him away to other service. God's servants should know that a task began spiritually, that is, in the spirit, may not necessarily continue that way. Many works are initiated by him, but after he has no more need of them, men often desire to keep them going. To regard as forever spiritual whatever is begun by the Holy Spirit is inevitably to change the spiritual into the fleshly. Hmm. A spiritual Christian can no longer enjoy the anointing of the Spirit in a work that has become mechanical. When a task is already given up by God as unnecessary and yet is maintained by the Christian because of the outside organization with or without form which surrounds it, then it must be carried on by drawing upon its own resources rather than upon the power of God. Should a saint persist in laboring after the spiritual work is terminated, he must employ his soul power as well as his physical power to continue on with it. In true spiritual service, one must completely deny his natural talent and gift. Only in this way can he produce fruit for God. If not, each effort not led by the Holy Spirit does collapse if not supported by one's brain, talent, or gift. Mm. A worker must observe carefully which part of his labor the Holy Spirit anoints. Then he will be able to cooperate with him and operate within the current of his power. The worker's duty is to discern the current of the Spirit and to follow it. A task should be discontinued if it no longer enjoys God's anointing, is out of his current, and creates a sluggish, languid feeling. Another undertaking should be found which flows with the current. The spiritual man discerns more quickly than others. The matter for him to determine is where is the Holy Spirit's current? Where is it flowing? 
any labor that oppresses spiritual life, that fails to express the life of the spirit, or that hinders God's spirit from overflowing, has become a definite obstacle, however well it began. That work should be either canceled or corrected so that the believer can obey life in the spirit. The worker may have to alter his relationship to the work. Many cases can be cited to illustrate how the Lord's people are entangled in organization to the detriment of their life. At first, these servants of God received tremendous spiritual power and were mightily used by God to save and build up man. Later arose the need for some kind of organization or method to preserve the grace that was given. Due to such needs, requests, and sometimes orders, these servants were required to undertake so-called edifying work. Thus they were bound by environment and no longer had the freedom to follow the Holy Spirit. Gradually their spiritual life ebbed, though the outside organization work or the, the outside organized work still continued in prosperity. Such has been the story of numerous defeats. What tragedy lurks within spiritual work today? Many consider their labor a burden. Are there not many who say, I'm so busy with work that I have little time to commune with the Lord? I hope I can find the opportunity to suspend the work temporarily so I may repair my spirit for the next task. How fraught with dangers this is. Our work ought to be the fruit of our spirit's fellowship with the Lord. Every task should be undertaken joyfully as the overflow of the life of the Spirit. If it becomes a weight and separates the life of the Spirit from the Lord Jesus, then it ought to be terminated. Since the current of the Spirit has changed its course, one must seek to discover its relocation and follow accordingly. Wide is the disparity between the Holy Spirit terminating our work and Satan hindering it. Yet people frequently are confused by the two. If God should say stop and the believer continue, he would descend from working with his spirit. <sighs> he would descend from working with his spirit into maintaining the work with his brain's talent and strength. He may attempt to resist the enemy. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, however, he cannot succeed. The whole warfare becomes faith. Whenever a child of God encounters resistance in the spirit, he should distinguish immediately whether the opposition emanates from God or from the enemy. Should it be to the latter, his resistance by the Spirit through prayer will release his inner man, and thus he can advance with God. But if it's not from the enemy, the believer should find as he advances that his own spirit becomes more oppressed, heavily burdened, and void of liberty. In sum, then the service of God today must set aside every work which is not appointed by him that should long have been forsaken, which monopolizes everything that does not come from the spirit, which oppresses the spirit and deflects spiritual work, and that is even good, but nonetheless deprive them of other nobler tasks. Okay, then. Then that's special. have jokes, Father. Spiritual work invariably flows with the current of the Holy Spirit, never reluctantly, never under compulsion, 
tense without the need of fleshly strength. I'm going to go back to again. What is spiritual work? Spiritual work aims to give life to man's spirit or to build up life in the spirit. To give life to man's spirit or to build up life in the spirit. So he says to give life to the spirit, which is spiritual work, or to build up the spirit, invariably flows with the current of the Holy Spirit. Never reluctantly, never under compulsion, hence without the need of fleshly strength. It's coming directly from the Holy Spirit. Again, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the gentleman. He's that part of the triune Godhead. He will not force himself upon you. If you don't want to go with him, okay, fine. I'm going to leave you to yourself. This does not imply, of course, that there is no opposition from the world or attack from the enemy. It simply means the work is done in the Lord with the consciousness of having his anointing. Now, with the consciousness of having his anointing. How do you experience that? And I'm going to say experience that because I don't want to say feel that. Again, this is grad stuff we're talking right now. How how do you experience the consciousness of the Lord? And the reason that I don't want to say feel because there are times in this walk well, you ain't going to feel I don't feel it right now. I ain't going to lie. It's not, a, it's not a feeling. Consciousness actually is just the knowing, being aware of. So you know that there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that works inside, outside, and beside you. So you're aware of it. And because you're aware of it, you flow in it as you as you need to. And because he knows you're aware of him, he's able to deal with you accordingly. But for someone who is not aware of the Holy Spirit, either, you know, because they want to be ignorant of it or not, you know, or because they don't believe in it or however, they're not able to flow with the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, because they're not conscious of the the power of the Holy Spirit, because, again, some people believe that once you get saved, I mean, that's it. They don't believe that you need the Holy Spirit. They're like, if I get it, fine. Or the Holy Spirit is just for everyone. It's basically for, you know, the pastors and the ministers and such. But, you know, not not understanding because of the teaching that they're under that the Holy Spirit is for everybody. So that's what it means by being conscious. No, it's not a feeling. It's a being aware of. The, all the all that he and we're never going to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit either. Mm-hmm. Just like we don't know the fullness of ourselves, but we're conscious of ourselves. We're aware of some of our quirks and and things like of that. So it's the same with the Holy Spirit. There are some things about the Holy Spirit that you know that I will never know until I get to a certain level. If I get there. So that's what it means by the consciousness of it. And I like the part where you said, I, I don't know if I can say exactly like you said about we being aware whether we want it or not, 
Um, do you remember what, how you phrase that? Oh, being aware that. Oh, whether they want it or not. Yeah, because they are, they're, uh, you know, on you know social media when you're looking at some of the comments and the the believers pages and they talk about the Holy Spirit. Some people talk talk about the Holy Spirit with the reverence. Knowing, you know, knowing what the Holy Spirit has done and can do and will do. And then you have those who have heard about the Holy Spirit and are just like, uh, I don't need that. I'm saved. I'm good. Whatever. You know? So it's like, okay. And like you said, the Holy Spirit is a, is a gentleman. If you, if you want him, he'll come in. If you don't, okay. You know? You work it out. Exactly. Yes. That's that's, that's exactly yes. Yeah, I'm going to just keep reading after that. That's exactly it. Yep. Mm. It simply means the work is done in the Lord with the consciousness of having his anointing. If God still requires the work, the believer will continue to sense himself flowing in the current, no matter how difficult the situation may be. If God still requires the work, the believer will continue to sense himself flowing in the current, no matter how difficult the situation may be. The Holy Spirit aims at expressing spiritual life. So, regardless of what's going on, you can you recognize when you're walking with God. Again, I, I'm going back to the word that you got to be trained in the processes because, you know, like you said, because, like you said, if you want it, then fine. If you don't want it, then fine. Now, if you want it and you're still not aware of it, then God will train you. Don't think that, that he's going to just leave you out there to dry, to dangle. And that's, that's not God. That's people of the world. Oh, I know you want me, okay, but I, I ain't going to, you know. Okay, you really desire me, and I know you don't. You're unfamiliar with how I work, so I need to train you, and that's what he does. But if you say, like you say, ah, I don't, I don't want, no, nah, I don't. Mm. Okay, go on out there and get your butt whooped. But you know, even even in that scenario, he still loves on us, and he still strives to get inside. But it's not like he's going to really, really, you know, okay, well, look, I'm going I'm to still, because that's grace, mercy, and favor. So he's still, come on, you need me. All right, but you, you, it ain't like he's going to push himself on you, but he's still going to say, hey, you want to try me today? Hey, you, you need me. You know, so that that's the that's the grace of God, the mercy and favor of God. But if you do desire him and you are unaware of how to, because honestly, none of us are aware initially. That must be trained because we're too busy walking in self. We're too busy walking in soul. So that must be trained out of us. Right. But he'll do it if you want it. But the scary thing is, the scary thing is there's coming a time where, He's going to be like, oh, you missed it. Because, you know, the thing is, there is an expiration date. 
Oh yeah, he, I, he, he, you know, and that's and that's and that's the, and that's the, that's the scary thing because people who you know it's like okay for those who are striving to to understand that's one thing, but those who are playing with it, like oh I have time, oh he's gonna still be there, you know, ah uh, you know whatever. Mm. It's like no, no. It's, 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 it's going to come a time where you're going to, what you say, you're going to look for me and I will not be found. Mm-hmm. So that let us know that there is a time when the Holy Spirit, you know, is, is, his presence is not going to be like, come on, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, you know, just like trying to ride a bicycle and your parent has the hand right there making sure you don't fall, and then you look back and, you know, they're a block away. That's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, well, you know, oops, on your part. But he he, he did let us know way ahead of time. I will not always be trying to get you to come to me. I'm just going to leave you where you are. And, you know, because you, you know, decided to not take it. So, I'm going back over here. If God still requires the work, the believer will continue to sense himself flowing in the current, no matter how difficult the situation may be. The Holy Spirit aims at expressing spiritual life. Labor accomplished in him correspondingly develops life in the spirit. Unfortunately, many of God's servants frequently are pressed by environment or other factors into working mechanically. As soon as the individual is aware of it, he ought to inquire whether such work such mechanical work is desired by the spirit or whether God will call him away to other service. God's servants should know that a task begun spiritually that is in the spirit may not necessarily continue that way. Many works are initiated by him, but after he has no more need of them, men often desire to keep them going. To regard as forever spiritual, whatever is begun by the Holy Spirit is inevitably to change the spiritual into the fleshly. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. That's why you have to always Stay connected. Because see, that's the thing. The Holy Spirit moves, ebbs and flows. He's not going to be the same, you know, same position. So you have to constantly be moving, moving with him. And when he says, what, what were we reading before about, um, who was that? Was that Philip that started the church and then God called him away to the eunuch? And then he um and and left the work of the church to be built by someone else. We gotta what what is our role? Not what needs to be done, but what is our role in the situation and circumstance? And the only way that you can tell that is by staying connected to God. Yes, this might be need to be done, but is that that it needs to be done by you. 
You know, I'm 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 developing that more and more as far as the way I'm doing my projects and stuff. Is this something that I only I can do? If it's something I can get somebody else to do, then fine. Let me go on to something else. You know, so so again, but but the, our relationship comes from the spirit. Is this something that God requires me directly doing, or is this something that God requires me to delegate or me to oversee? See, that's how you need to begin to understand, especially when you're talking about building structures and businesses and entities and stuff. You're not required to, you can't do everything. Maybe initially you will have to, but you can't, and it's not designed that way. So keeping in connection with the Holy Spirit as he trains you, as he reveals shakarara, your particular role at that particular time, that's what you put all your effort into. And then when he says, "Now nah, I need you over here to do something else, then you switch and change. And if he needs you to govern or to manage that particular area, then you do such. But if not, then you keep it moving. A spiritual Christian can no longer enjoy the anointing of the Spirit in a work that has become mechanical. When a task is already given up by God is unnecessary and yet is maintained by the Christian because of the outside organization with or without form which surrounds it, then it must be carried on by drawing upon his own resources rather than upon the power of God. Should a saint persist in laboring after the spiritual work is terminated, he must employ his soul power as well as his physical power to continue on with it. In true spiritual service, one must completely deny his natural talent and gift. Only in this way can he produce fruit for God. If not, each effort not led by the Holy Spirit does collapse if not supported by one's brain, talent, and gift. Okay, so now what's he talking about? Oh, Jesus. He's saying that you start this thing off in the spirit. Now God wants you to do something else. You particularly, not the, not the, not the, not, the, not that thing, but you're doing something else. But you continue to do that which God has gone on. So now that project that you're doing, who's who's giving you the, the strength, the energy to do it? I'm gonna go back to construction since it's easy for me. Okay. So I, I, I'm building a house. I found the land, the location. I got got the bricks and stuff. I got the you know foundation laid. So now it's time for the bricks to come up. Well, I need to oversee that. I don't need to do it. That's not my expertise. But if I want to go out there and try to lay the bricks, I'm going to take each and every brick, putting it up, putting it up. I'm going to struggle with it. I, perfect example. I was not trying to do the talent at my job. I ended up being pushed into it. So what took me a week, they could have done in a day or two. I struggled through it. I knew I could do it. I just know I didn't want to do it. I know it takes me longer to do it, and it looks nice. But because it's not my expertise, it took me longer to do it. Well, and I was trying to, but I got locked into it, and that's the same way. So we're doing something because, bottom line, it requires strength. Now, where's that strength going to come from? That strength is either going to come from you supplying it or God supplying it. If God has gone all the way to the next project, 
and you're stuck on it, that means you're the one supplying the energy for the project. So then you're going to wonder why you get tired, why you're frustrated and aggravated and, ugh, why I got to do this? Oh, God, I got to keep doing it. It's got to be done. Well, yeah. But is this the way that God wants you to do it? You know, and now, on the flip side, when you're, when you're going through something and God is there with you, that's what he's talking about, no matter how difficult the task You'll find that you're able to, you might be tired, frustrated, and everything else, but you'll find that you'll be able to draw strength. You'll find that you'll be able to figure it out. It might push you a little bit. Okay, I'm going to do this. Let me stop. I'm going to do this. Okay, okay. because you have to get up out of yourself, and then you tap in a guy, and he'll give you the strength to do it, the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. He'll give you all that's needed because he's the one that's giving the, it's his project. So why he don't want his project to fail. That's why I say when you're walking that walk and you come into the mountain of the giant and God is the one that led you this pathway, then you can fight and tell that giant, hey, dude, you got to get up out of my way. And fight from that perspective. See, that's something else that we do. Well, we'll you know, well, it's, it's too difficult. I'm, I'm tired. Or, I tried. No, that giant ain't going to work. You got to force him to move. He ain't going to willingly let go. He's not going to willingly let go. Like the dream I had about the strong man. He's not going to willingly just get up out of my life. Dude, I've been here for the longest, blocking your blessings and keeping you held down. God says, no, it's time for you to go. He's not willingly going to go, so... He going to fight, but see, I understand that that fight comes from, first, like Felicia said, times and seasons. It's time now. So he want to fight. We can do this thing. But I understand how before God was using that to keep me in a certain position for his purposes. Now, that's, it's a done deal. So now I will find strength, and he must go. So I will stand toe-to-toe with my giants, just like Rocky and Apollo. We're going we gonna to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. That's the kind of attitude and the tenacity that you got. Like that message I sent out about Lisa yesterday. I was like, look at it. And the funny thing about it, she's so funny. Because you know why? She's too busy doing what she needs to do. When you're in that zone, you don't even know. You, I, I just know it needs to be done. I'm doing I'm doing You're not really. When, when, I list, when I looked at it, I was like, look at all this stuff. 96 hours. She's been mind pushing this and other. She's not sitting back wishing and waiting. No. When you're in that type of mentality, you're pushing, you're going, you're going, and God is giving you and giving you and giving you. And you've got to develop that tenacity. You've got it. It ain't going to happen no other way. You think the world is willingly going to give up to you? What does he say in his word? He says, I can give it to who I want to give it to. Satan chooses not to give it to you. Why would he give you financial freedom and blessing when he knows you're going to go out there and do God's work? It don't make no sense, people. Let's think about this sometime. Why would Satan allow you to easily prosper? Because you know if you do, then you're going to go tell everybody, look what God did. So he's going to fight you toe and nail. And you think you're going to just get the blessings of God that way? No, it don't happen. Well, God blessed me. He said I could have it, but then this happened, that happened. So? 
If you do not learn to develop tenacity, perseverance, why do you think sometimes I get in your face and I shot not? Because I had to develop that. I thought about this morning. Everything that I that I I'm, has come from me constantly pushing, 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 pushing. By the grace of God, we have been one step away from everything being taken away from us in so many aspects of my life. But this lack of days ago, it's going to itch. Yeah, it's going to happen in your mind. That's why you've been there in the last three or four years or stuck looking. Because it don't. It is not going anywhere because Satan ain't willingly going to give it up. And until you develop the mentality, the, the spiritual as well as the natural, because they have to cooperate with each other. That's why he said the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and the violent taken by force. So if you want to stay where you're at, then you keep that la-la-la land attitude and you wonder why, well, God was blessing me. And they took everything away. He's, God's trying to teach me something. You doggone right. He's trying to teach you how to fight. So if you got to lose something else to learn how to fight, God said, well, lose it. Take it from him. Is she dumb enough not to fight or he dumb enough not to fight? If he dumb enough not to learn how to get inside of me, then, yeah, take it from him. It's not because he wants it to be taken. It's because you haven't developed the tenacity, the attitude, the perseverance that is necessary and needful to take the king. What did he say? The kingdom of heaven? We're talking about the kingdom? We're talking about the 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 the, 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 the spiritual principality that sits atop that mountain? You think he's going to just naturally usurp? No! So now that I'm going to cut all y'all up, I'm going to just keep reading. A worker must observe carefully which part of his labor the Holy Spirit anoints. Then he will be able to cooperate with him and operate within the current of his power. The worker's duty is to discern the current of the Spirit and to follow it. A task should be discontinued if it no longer enjoys God's anointing, is out of his current, and creates a sluggish, languid feeling. Another undertaking should be found which flows with the current. Understand that in no form or fashion does God want you to operate outside of him. Yes, he will allow it, but it is not his perfect desire. And I'm saying that so you can get the understanding that God wants you to learn this, to know this, so he's not purposely going to Try to make you miss this. Now, in the training processes, you're going to make a mistake or two or three. Because you have to learn the experience when, when, you, when you miss it. Because he's a loving God, he would not do it in a situation where it will be a life or death situation. Again, He'll, you can't get rid of a headache by the word of God. If, you can't get rid of cancer by the word of God if you can't get rid of a headache by the word of God. So if your training ground is to get rid of your headache or whatever it is that, that's keeping you from doing that's your training ground. 
work with the Holy Spirit there. Now, as you grow in this thing, it gets a little bit more tricky. Because, see, now, like Felicia said, now you he has an expectation that you know when he's there that's not there. That's, again, that's part of the wilderness training. That you don't have to feel his anointing to know that he's there with you. That's part of your wilderness training. You, because, see, what happens is it's so rooted and so grounded inside of you that you have been taught how to draw, how to seek, how this, that, and the other. So now that you're at that level, it gets a little bit more tricky. Because now the enemy will deceive you in minor ways, more than major ways. So now what did I talk about earlier? Let's talk about building a business. Well, you know this needs to be done. Like I said, I was talking about building the bricks for the house. So I'm not the one that needs to do it, but it needs to be done, so I got to do it. Well, how about finding the right person to work with it? Well, it might take me a little bit longer. I might have to develop or grow somebody or find the right person, but then God will send that person or whatever your way at the time. Rather than you, oh, let me do this thing, let me because I got to get it done. That's not what God needs you to do. See, now God needs you to increase. So now, yes, this needs to be done. You need to find the right person, but you still need to be over here doing this as well. This is how he starts you to grow, people. What I was talking about, Felicia, the other day, that multitasker. This is what he begins to develop you and expanding. In my distress, he enlarged me. In my increase, this is you begin to do that. You begin to learn. You you have to begin to understand and sense his presence at levels. That means you got, like I told him, you might need you need to pray a little bit more than you do in the spirit. And I can beg, I can almost, if you're not praying in the spirit at this point, you're going to really get lost because it's too easy to get caught up in yourself. Because I'm going back again. Because at this point, you have learned to trust God and the path that he's had you walking in. Now, what do I mean by that? At this point, you've learned to trust God with your day. At this point, you've learned that God has orchestrated a pathway for you to follow and that you're, you're flowing with him and it's going to work out as the way it should. See, that's a struggle for you in the beginning. Understand that it is. Please don't lie to yourself and say that it's not. He has to get you out of your systems, your way. All those things are good and well. Like we talked about the vision board, those things are good and well in the beginning. But now he has to develop you from this to the next level. So honestly, it's like we talked about when you become a black belt. My instructor said once you become a black belt, then you take everything you knew and throw it out the window because you're starting all over again. All that training you did to get to this level said, now nah, I'm going to show you how to put it underneath my guidance. Because remember, you've been walking according to leadership of your flesh. You've been walking according to leadership of your soul. But now your spirit has grown enough where your spirit can say, now nah, I'm taking control of this. So now you've got to learn how to do it my way. So you, get, so you have to get to a point in your walk that you can trust God with your day. 
That means you're not anxious about what this didn't happen or what that didn't happen or how this going to happen, how that going to happen. No, you, you've gotten to the point you want that you get up and you spend enough time with him, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and you're trusting him, everything is orchestrated, and things will flow in the manner that needs to flow. If you can't trust God with your day, you will not be able to trust God with your destiny. Oh, shut up. Of that that is a book. I just said something there. If you can't trust God with your day, you can't trust God with your destiny. I'm thinking about going back all this, all the anxiety and this, and I'm fighting to do the house. I'm doing it uh, again, and the way that it ended up manifesting, it wasn't the way I had intended. That took me to another level. I'm finding myself. I'm more calmer now. All right, stuff happening all around me. I'm going to some more stuff going on this morning. Like, really, really, that's something else I got to deal with. Okay, Lord. It's going to work itself out. That means somebody's going to have to deal with something. They're going to have to wait because bottom line, I'm letting God orchestrate the orders. Now, that might mean somebody might need to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know what? That's the opportunity to go on God. I'm not going to let you try and transform me. No, not doing it. You, you you can't jump at everybody's whim. That's another thing the enemy uses to distract you. Sometimes people need to struggle for their own personal reasons so they can get in tune with God. I let my daughter do it a lot and laugh at her. I definitely laugh at y'all on the prayer line. But I understand there's no other way. That's, in another sense, that's an enabler. So, again, but God has to grow you to that point. So all these lovely visions and about all of what you want to do, again, it ain't going to happen, Captain, not according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If you can't get to the point in your walk where you trust God with your day, where you're not anxious about what you, didn't get, what you did get done, what you didn't get done, and say any other. Now, mind you, that does not mean I'm going to sit here and, Pray for two minutes and look at TV and talk on the phone and God ain't gave me nothing to do. That's some rosco wascan roskeridagasada stuff. Remember, we're talking grad right now. That means the basics are instilled. If you're still spinning your wheel, then you need to go back to your base. You need to you need to start really getting into the word and, and studying and setting up a schedule and sticking with it and, and learning how to speak in tongues. See, right now we're talking grad stuff. Matter of fact, if you ain't if you ain't speaking in tongues with the stuff that I'm talking about right now, you you ain't gonna be able to do it. Because again, speaking in tongues is one thing. Flowing with the Holy Spirit is another. See, there's even different levels of that. But it's all about growth. <laughs> a task should be discontinued if it no longer enjoys God's anointing, is out of its current, and creates a sluggish language feeling. Another undertaking should be found which flows with the current. The spiritual man discerns more quickly than others. The matter for him to determine is where is the Holy Spirit's current? Where is it flowing? 
any labor that oppresses spiritual life, that fails to express the life of the Spirit, or that hinders God's Spirit from overflowing has become a definite obstacle, however well it began. That work should be either canceled or corrected so that the believer can obey life in the Spirit. The worker may have to alter his relationship to the work. Right now, I'm going to just pray in the Spirit because some of you all need to listen to him right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the Kanda. Help them run to the Continue, Father, move We praise you to go do do and glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Many cases can be cited to illustrate how the Lord's people are entangled in organization to the detriment of their life. At first, these servants of God received tremendous spiritual power and were mightily used by God to save and build up man. Later arose the need for some kind of organization or method to preserve the grace that was given. Due to needs, requests, and sometimes orders, these servants were required to undertake so-called edifying work. Thus they were bound by environment and no longer had the freedom to follow the Holy Spirit. Gradually, their spiritual life ebbed, through the outside, though the outside organization works still continue to prosperity. Such has been the story of numberless defeats. You know, I was thinking about sports the other day. I was actually looking at Steve Kerr, and I was remembering about when he was a bull and the championships he was on, et cetera. Now he's become a coach. And I started thinking about, you know, transition. All that he put into him and other people as well, they put into becoming a good athlete. And to be very honest with you, some of your greatest players don't make good coaches. That's just this has been proven to be. We're not going to get into that discussion. But Steve was a pretty Steve was a very good player, and so now he's won a couple of championships. And so a lot of times, now you think of Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, and then um, the, the the New England, the the New York coach, then they'll go into the front office. Then they'll go, they're transitioning. And see, the thing about that transition, that allows room for the new group of people to come in. The organization's still there. But this particular great talent moved on to the next level. He transitioned, and here comes in a new group of talent. So now you have to learn, Erica, as she's, oh, perfect example, though, 
Oh, my God, I would have never thought about this. See, now this is the thing. Oh, Shadakanda, perfect, perfect, perfect example. Her job. Is she on? I know she's going to start. Mm-mm-mm. But her job. She has long outgrown her job. She says she can do it there blindfolded now. But God wouldn't let her go. That he had her there. But she needed to be gone, not according to God. He was developing her in other areas of her life, in her spiritual nature, in her business skills. She's been in HGI, Holy Ghost Institute. See, God uses situations in life to train you. It ain't all about getting in a Bible school and going to church. No, people. Uh -uh. God uses life to transform and train you into whom he's called you to be. So now, at that those years when she, you know, going dealing with people getting on her nerves and this and that, has developed her and grown her up spiritually some areas and ways that she wouldn't have grown in any other area arena. Now God has released a man say, now you can leave your job because I prepared you for other stuff. So now, physically speaking, she's been capable of doing her job, no problem, but God had her there. Now if she tries to stay there, she's going to begin to run into a whole lot of problems. Matter of fact, her whole attitude is different. She's like, you know what, look, I know I'm getting up out of here, so it's just a matter of time. And matter of fact, I'm doing my job, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm doing what's required. I'm not going to let y'all get because you can't. I know that I'm here just for a little time. See, now her focus is different. But they're transitioning. See, that's what we have to learn as children of God, being in connection with the Holy Spirit. About, do I need to stay? And if so, why? Transitioning. Like, I, me personally, right now, I know my transitioning is, is, is getting away from doing it hands-on. There will still be some things I do hands-on, but I'm transitioning, so I'm, I'm beginning to think and deal differently. I can't. Because if I did, then I'd be trying to stay in a position that God said, I don't want you there anymore. I need you over here. So we must learn to connect and stay connected with God so that you can flow in that capacity. So that you can stay where you are and learn everything that the Holy Spirit requires you to learn. It's not just your job. It's about so much more. But you stay connected to him. And when he says it's time for you to go to the next level, or maybe even stay here, but I need you to focus on something else. God is cold. He, he, he good. He can use the same scenario and teach you 20 different things in it. Then he'll say, now I'll release you. But you, that comes from being connected, from learning with him, staying connected with him. What tragedy lurks within spiritual work today? Many consider the labor a burden. Are there not many who say, I am so busy with work that I have little time to commune with the Lord? I hope I can find the opportunity to suspend the work temporarily so I may repair my spirit for the next task. How fraught with danger this is. Our work ought to be the fruit of our spirit's fellowship with the Lord. 
Every task should be undertaken joyfully as the overflow of life of the Spirit. If it becomes a weight and separates the life of the Spirit from the Lord Jesus, then it ought to be terminated. Since the current of the Spirit has changed its course, one must seek to discover its relocation and follow according. Mm. Mm. You know, and as I was reading this, I was thinking about what happens if you choose to stay. What happens if you choose to stay where you're at because you're comfortable, because you're familiar, rather than not going up to the next level? The guy's calling you to go. Well, here's part of the problem with that. You're not fully covered as you were um, when you were on the battlefield, when you were uh, properly positioned. Now, with you not being fully covered, it gives the enemy more access. And that could even be to death. I was just thinking of somebody that I knew who... uh, passed away, and all honesty, I kind of know they was kind of out of position in some things. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, well, like, let's be real, God, like, look, you done done everything pretty much. You, you're not in position of where I need you to be, and right now, rather than you, because see, you're so caught up in yourself that you're really about to mess yourself and others up, I'll take you home. Why people die early, according to us? Because God's trying to save their life, their eternal life. Or maybe, you know, right now you're going to be so screwed up, you're just going to really begin to become miserable. So I just take it. See, we don't understand how God thinks. We're finite. But again, if you're not where God needs you to be, then you start moving yourself, and that's death. Now, just because it might not be natural death doesn't mean that it's not spiritual death. Because if you're not moving according to the spirit of God, you're moving according to the spirit of yourself. That's flesh. And that's highly dangerous when you're doing a God assignment. Because now you're not covered and the enemy can get you real easily. You're not fully covered. I'm not talking about missing it because we're gonna all miss it. We're gonna all even even we're gonna see. That's the point of having a body. That's one of the strengths about this prayer call is because it we're growing and we're you know it ain't about me. I'm not the leader. I might guide him whatever, but really I'm not. The Holy Spirit is the leader because God works speaks to me, Mark, Eric, and all of us. So through literally when all when all of us are kind of coming to that same conclusion, there's something wrong. It ain't just no, nah, it's it's something going on, and that should be hopefully enough to make you say, "Wait a minute, stop, let me see," because because we wear this meat suit, at any point in time in our walk, we can miss it again. And what did I just say about when you start getting to certain levels, it could be so minor, or so slight but so major. 
What do I mean by so slight? In other words, it could be a very, very, you know, subtle thing, but have a huge impact. Talk about going downtown all the time, going downtown all the time. If I'm going downtown and I, I choose my route straight, and if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm off by one degree, it's not that big of an issue because oh, I can correct myself. But if I'm talking about a long-distance journey, I forget, you know, they say, like, if I'm trying to go to Canada or go to Hawaii or whatever, and I'm off by one degree, I'll end up in Japan or something like that. So that subtleness is very, very important when you get to the higher levels. And the enemy, oh, my God, you know he's good. Don't ever think he ain't. He's the father of lies. Don't ever think he ain't. That's why it's necessary that you have a body around you. Because at any point in time, you can just get caught up in what you're doing, and you don't even recognize that you're off track. Because you're just busy doing here, and you need you need a body to say, hey, 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 hey. Hey, what, what what you doing, huh? What 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 you mean? Importance of every joint supplying each other. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Now, something is scratching me to ask what we talked about yesterday since I lost power and I couldn't catch in on um, yesterday's prayer call. But what you're talking about right now, I had two incidences. One was a hypothetical question. The other one was um, real-time life. The hypothetical question, and this shows the flesh side of us, but then if we really go back and look at the question again, it might go ahead and keep the spiritual side of us. The question was, if your ex came up to you and told you that he was a, he or she was about to commit suicide, what would you tell them? Okay, now my first answer was it was a slice of what type of flowers do you like? Other people had a whole lot more worse things to say. But after I looked at the question again, I said, okay, let me get right. I had put that, I said, for back in the day, people would threaten to do things in order to get attention, but nowadays you see them acting it out more fully. So in the case, if you do have someone, let it be an ex or whatever, come up to you and tell you that they're about to commit suicide, take them to church and introduce them to Jesus. So that way, when it comes down to judgment day and they ask you what you did with that fish, you can say that you took that fish over to Jesus. Mm. Now, for the real time, and this is with my mom, because I told her she's battling dementia. And um, the other day I talked to my sister, and she was saying that my mom had gotten so much out of hand, now they're contemplating on putting her somewhere where she can be safe from herself and keep others safe too. So I asked my sister, I said, well, what's going on? And for my mom's brothers and parents and stuff like that that had already passed on, 
we can tell her that they passed on, and she'll go ahead and accept that because the truth. Okay, now when my when she's asking about these same people, my sister said, well, they're passed on, and my mom would tell them, no, they haven't, because I just talked to them yesterday. And I said, she's talking to all of them? And she said, yeah, she names them all. I said, okay. I said, um, I think you have to let out a deep breath what I'm getting ready to tell you. Do so, but don't take it personally. And she was like, what? I said, those are the ones who's coming over to help her out with her transition. Mm-hmm. It happened when um, I had to take care of her mom, my grandmother, her dad, my grandfather, and with a couple other family members. When they started seeing folks who's no longer here, those spirits were coming back to help them to make that transition. And so she was like, well, I said, that's why she's combative with you because those voices are getting stronger now. I said, it's not going to get easier. But you're going to have to, if you got to get some people to come over and pray and, you know, try to keep you up and keep the situation up, then do so. But at this point, you definitely got to step out of stuff because it was never in your hands in the first place. You have to go in. You have to go on the law of protocol for how how God set this up, and that's where self keeps getting in the way. Uh, for the hypothetical question, I do have a person who I used to date back in the day, and they're not doing good. Now I could go ahead and be hard and mean spirited, but I wasn't. I told him. I said, "Look, keep in touch. Let me know how things are going." I texted them about two weeks ago saying, um, hope everything's going well with you and your family. Um, I'm sending up prayers of healing and restoration for you. And I said, and I hope that you're in prayer too and have a blessed day. So you texted me back and told me thank you for your prayers, and then I sent back five um, things of scriptures to them. And then he sent another text back saying, thank you for the spiritual nourishment. But see, that's on a part of not going back to old hurt feelings, staying in a stagnant place, but to move on. What happened, what, what happened, happened. But he did not want us to get comfortable in staying there. Let it be a comfortable for where we like it or be uncomfortable because our feelings got hurt. Because, see, our focus being is not in the right place. He said he can bring us, he will bring us up out of that, but we got to be willing to let go. Comments, criticism? Nope. Just trying to stay focused with the Holy Spirit and get up out of self to do what you got to do. Amen. What tragedy lurks within spiritual work today? Many consider the labor burden. Are there not many who say, I'm so busy with work, I have little time to commune with the Lord. I hope I can find the opportunity to suspend the work temporarily 
so may repair my spirit for the next task. How fraught with danger this is. Our work ought to be fruit our work ought to be the fruit of our spirit's fellowship with the Lord. Every task should be undertaken joyfully as the overflow of the life of the Spirit. If it becomes a weight and separates the life of the Spirit from the Lord Jesus, then it ought to be terminated. Since the current of the Spirit has changed its course, one must seek to discover its relocation and follow accordingly. Why does disparity between the Holy Spirit terminating our work and Satan hindering it? Yet people frequently are confused by these two. If God should say stop and the believer continue, he will descend from working with his spirit into maintaining the work with his brain, talent, and strength. I'm going to say that again. If God should say stop and the believer continue, he will descend from working with his spirit into maintaining the work with his brain, talent, and strength. It's not like it's an option, again, because you're going to be working with one or the other. So the moment you stop being led by the Spirit, then you're being led by yourself. He may attempt to resist the enemy without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. However, he cannot succeed. The whole warfare becomes faith. Whenever a child of God encounters resistance in the Spirit, he should distinguish immediately whether this opposition emanates from God or from the enemy. Should it be the latter, his resistance by the Spirit through prayer will release his inner man and thus he can advance with God. But if it's not from the enemy, then the believer should find as he advances that his own spirit becomes more oppressed, heavily burdened, and void of liberty. Because, you know what, this is the other thing too. Just hear me. When you're walking with the anointing of God, and you're doing what you need to be doing, then when you Go in another direction, you you like, wait a minute, you you like you're missing something. Because you you've when you've gotten to the point again, like I said, you tongue grad work, when you've gotten to the point that you are so trained, you so now your familiarity is God's anointing and being led by his spirit. That's now your new familiar place. Like we talked about Jesus, is his custom to go in the garden, was his custom to get away from us hard headed people so he could find out what his father was doing. That was his, he he went to the wilderness so he could stay connected. We tried to get up out of the wilderness. So when you're at the point that your familiarity is walking and flowing with the Holy Spirit, when you step out of pocket, you you recognize like, oh wait a minute, there's something wrong. You could be going. It's just like you're doing something and all of a sudden, what? Wait a minute, where? You'll notice. You'll notice a difference. You'll notice a difference. So, again, which is a good thing. Now, if you stay there too long, then that's what he's talking about, that overburden, that heaviness, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because you're struggling to try to do this and to do it, and it's hard. And, it's, you know, like this morning I was kind of struggling with a couple of things, but, I, you know, I know what it is, okay. And just keep pressing. Then after a while, here comes the anointing to carry me, carry me where I needed to be. And it's the same way. But now if it had been inside of me, that anointing that came to release me would not have come because I would not do, I'm not doing what God called me to do. So that burden, that heaviness that I'm feeling would have continued and would have even gotten worse. In sum, then the servants of God today must set aside every work 
which is not appointed by him, that should long have been forsaken, which monopolizes everything that does not come from the spirit, which oppresses the spirit and deflects spiritual work that is even good, but nonetheless deprives him of other nobler tasks. And that is our reading for the day. <laughs> Questions, comments, criticisms, conclusions. My question is this: Wouldn't it be lovely if we can get comfortable in Jesus and Christ? I mean, um, Jesus and God, as we do for the little things that knock us off our square. Yes, it would be. Oh, you swept that up. That's what he desires. Go ahead. I said that's where he desires to take us. Right. I agree with you, baby girl. Say it again. Now, she mm. had because, because she's on her time out stage. So what? I said she, she, she's irritable because she's in her time out stage. Oh. <laughs> she's a bad girl. Now, just curious as heck. You said what? I said, you're just curious as heck. You said she's you curious. Know, yeah, she's curious. Oh. You know, everything within her reach now. She can get up. She can go oh, gotcha. through it. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. You tell me these stuff along, she tell you no. <laughs> I'm sorry, was I not on mute? You're not on mute now. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going back on mute. I looked down and the mute button was off. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't talking over y'all on this side. Well, I'm about to do this. Um, Sam, what was the title yesterday of the of the reading I missed? Uh, I was talking about spiritual work. Okay. Well, I'm about to do this, and after that, we're going to have prayer request. Okay.
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app.
Thank you, Father God. Father God, continue to move in her heart. Continue to give her the revelation that is needed. Father God, pour your anointing down upon her, Lord. Pour your strength down upon her, Father. Keep her, Father, as you move in a unique and peculiar way, Father. Keep her, Lord. Gird her up and increase in her life. Father God, we glorify your name. Father 
Or did you have more when you went in the room, Daddy? You don't go sit, you don't go sit, and run to go sit there. Yes. Or did you go sit, and run to go sit, and run to go sit, Thank you, Father God. Run to go sit, she to go sit, she to go sit, she to go continue to move in her life. She to go and go sit, and she to go and help her to rise up. She to go there to go so she can flow. Roll, sit, into the fullness of who you call her to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 You can go on to the truck, Davis. Mm-hmm. Are you heard right. her say amen? Huh? You heard her say amen? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let <laughs> me pray for your household. Let me pray for Tisa. Ronda, go sit, she 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 go sit, go sit, she go sit, she go sit, she go sit, she go sit, go sit, she go sit, 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 go Hundred Sakra. And Brenda, Hudder go say she go say she bonded go say she go say she go say Daka Daka, Brandy go say she go say she Rasko go say she Daka, Brandy go say she go say she Rando go say she Rakan Rasko go das go say she Gasa, Brandy go say she go say Rasko go say Daka Sakara. All righty then. Oh, the New Bethel Church. Father God, let me lift up NBC in the past. Rumble, go see the go see she to 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 go see she Father God, here to go see from Bishop Luster. Here to go see she to go see Uganda. Help him to see you, Lord. Run to go see she to go see Uganda. Help him to see you, Father God. Go see she Daka. Go see her go see she does go go see da. Go see her go see she does go go see da. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let me share these phones while I pray for anybody else.
when these dreams come, you'll be able to write them down. Just because you have the dream does not mean you will immediately understand it, but you will know when God is speaking to you through your dreams. You'll be able to write the information down, and then at the necessary and needful time, you'll be able to either to connect it or get a greater understanding of what that which God is trying to say to you. Continue to yield and let his spirit guide you. Continue to yield and let his anointing take you. Continue to yield as God is speaking to you. Pull not back your hand, but trust as his spirit is carrying you and releasing unto you that which you need. Continue to seek the Holy Spirit as he will enlarge and increase your life because it is his desire to do such. You're just merely lining up. You're going to fulfill that which needs to be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pray for my list while I'm thinking about it. Let me lift up Kyle. Randu Gosishi, 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 Gosandras, Krokoboska, Kandaka. Randu Gosishi, Gosishi, Randu Gosishi, Gosandaka. Randu Gosishi, Gosishi, Randu Gosishi, Gosandaka. Randu Gosishi, Gosandaka. Brandon, push to the position, go station, 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 the gentleman caller, the gentleman caller, Sakara. Uh, Tony Brookins, everybody else on the list. the negotiation of both Sakra. Jesus' name, I pray, man. All right, Jesus, my list. Anybody else want to pray? Yeah. Is this new legacy summer camp person? 
Uh-huh. All righty. Let me pray for the school. Let's get it to go around the station. Let's get Rush to go station to go Sanaka. Rush to go station to go station to go station to go Sanaka. Rush to go station to go around the Sada. Rush to go station to go station to go station to go Sanaka. Rush to go station to go around the Sada. Rush to go station to go station to go around the station to go Boskara Kandaka. Round the station to go Sanaka. Round the station to go station to go Randaka.
In Jesus' name I pray, Mary. Amen. What's the day, Wednesday? Okay. Yep. All right. Who's next? All righty. Who else wants prayer going once? Who else wants prayer going twice? Who else wants prayer going three times? Okay. Oh, Somebody pray for me and get out of here. Go ahead. Okay, Father, we come to you to lift up your child, Sam. Thanking you, Father, for his continued obedience and getting up every morning to lead these calls. We thank you, Father, for guiding and directing his steps. We thank you, Father, for minimizing the efforts of the enemy. We thank you, Father, for strengthening Sam's hedge of protection and his suit of armor. We thank you, Father, for the blessings that he has already received and those that are yet to come. Father, we thank you for his health and wellness, not only for himself, but for his household and his family. Father, we just continue to thank you for all that you do, continuing to, to teach us and to guide us, and most importantly, continuing to love us. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 How was y'all on the rebound? Okay. Have a blessed day, everyone. Okay. Adianto.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.